you have to know what you want. So you got to get rid of the noise. Forget what other people are saying about you. Forget what somebody who may be envious is telling you, oh, no, you're not good enough. Like, you are, you're a bad kid. You're, you're stupid. No, just once you get away from that and you realize, hey, I'm, I'm good. This is, this is fine. Um, you can hear yourself and you can guide yourself from within. Hi, folks, and welcome to the Undo Anxiety Podcast. I'm Dr. John Duffy. I'm your host, and I appreciate you protecting some time for myself and my guests. Um, let's get right to it. Uh, today, I am sitting with one of my favorite guys, uh, Aaron. Welcome, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Aaron is a now a college sophomore, right? Yep. Um, who has? I, I feel. In the year that we've been doing this podcast, I thought, man, I think I've covered all the important topics, or at least I've touched on them. And then Aaron reached out to me, and I realized I've missed something kind of important here. <laughs> so before we get to it, we'll, we'll, we'll let that be a cliffhanger for a second. Aaron, do you mind telling us a little bit about your story? Yeah. Um, so I originally, I came in uh, to see you like probably over a year ago yeah. at this point, because um, I... My mom wanted me. I had a little bit of an issue because I had my sixth concussion. I had four diagnosed, and I had two where I like realized, all right, I have a concussion, but I didn't say anything. Um, so I had I had played soccer since I was three years old. Um, that's always what I've wanted to do. Uh, and last year I had the concussion, and this was like right in the middle of senior year. So I was looking to go play in college. And uh, it kind of had a little bump in the road, um, and I was having some doubts and, and things like this, if I want to play or not. Right. And, and, and before, let me interrupt you for a second. Right. Lest you be too humble, um, you, you had the ability to play in college. You're good. You've been playing your whole life, and you were recruited, and this was, this was a strong possibility and, and a lock were it not for these concussions, yeah. right? Okay. Well, eventually I, I signed to play uh, Division One uh, at New Jersey. Um, yeah, yeah, you were ready to so, go, right? Yeah. 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 So, right. That's <laughs> so, so uh, and, and if that had happened the way you're describing, that would be the end of the story, right? I, I played and I, I had six concussions in high school, but I decided to just not pay attention to all that. And just go play Division One soccer, but that's not what happened, right? Uh, so it got to a point where I physically didn't feel like I could do it, and also, I mean, looking back, I definitely think, at least from my perspective, I think that definitely was. I mean, there was so much going on, but at that point, I didn't feel with the concussions, and also, I think I had a lot of personal doubts at the time of whether I could do it or not, it kind of like just let me down because I I think if I was confident enough, which will lead us into our, our topic, yes. uh, um, who's to say that I, I didn't just go there and wait for my place, if that makes any sense. Uh-huh. Um, but obviously that's, that's not what happened. So. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so you're... You've got this thing, but you have this doubt, and you've had these concussions, right? And this is a legitimate medical concern. Um, and just just so the people listening get a feel for um, 
the impact that those concussions had, lest they think, you know, because some people think like, oh, you know, a lot of soccer players, football players, you know, different athletes suffer concussions. This had a, these had a profound impact on your functioning, yeah. right? You yeah. couldn't run. You had trouble with your eyesight and stuff, right? I mean, this, this was impactful. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember like one time I, I tried to just ignore it as if it if it wasn't an issue, but um, <laughs> it was literally an intramural soccer game at, at LT, and uh, I tried to play, and like 15 minutes into it, I was starting to get dazed and really dizzy, and then all of a sudden my head was just pounding like it. I'd never felt anything like it, and um, yeah, just I, I look back. There's a lot of moments where it was pretty scary and. Um, sitting in class, just hearing kids talk or like the chalkboard, it gives you a headache and it's it's really hard to deal with because people don't see that, but it's there. So. so you had this like hypersensitivity to stimuli and stuff, huh? Yeah, and light and yeah. And when I was driving, I would always think that the cars behind me had uh, their high beams on, and it was the most frustrating thing. And um, they, it did, was, they did not. No. Huh? Yeah. So, wow. So. so that's the degree to which you were sensitive. So, yeah. so there was legitimate medical reasons yeah. for you to opt out and decide. You know what? I'm going to have to hang up the cleats. The soccer career is over, right? Yeah. Um, but you slipped something in there for a second. Right. You said there was also this doubt. Yeah. Right. Tell me about the doubt. So I get the medical stuff. I get mm. that. And that that would be a reason alone to say, eh, I, I better not do this. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I just had. I mean, I've never been a completely confident person, and um, you know, looking into the future is sometimes very hard when you're not confident because you don't know what's to come. So there's a lot of uncertainty, and you know, I even when I signed, I still had a lot of like a, a feeling of. I can't. I can't do that. I'm not good enough to play Division One, even though I did. You know, there's a Division One school who wanted me to play for them. I still didn't deep down believe that I could do that. I, I thought I'd fail. That so. that's so trippy to hear in a way because I, I you know I think about like the athletes I've known and worked with over decades, and if they had a letter from a Division One school saying, "Hey, we want you to come play here." Mm -hmm. I would think like, ooh, that would satisfy any self-doubt, you know, yeah. just like, what? That This is amazing, yeah. you know? Um, that didn't do it for you. That did not shake that, that um, it didn't shake off that lack of confidence. No, definitely not. And in fact, you thought, well, I'm going to get there and it's not going to work out. Right. Wow. And that's what I'm saying. If, if, if I had that belief and I, obviously I had the medical stuff and I did think, okay, I am completely done now. But I, I still feel like if I had a little bit of confidence, who's to say I wouldn't have just gone there and and waited and you know um, gone to class and then all of a sudden I'm healthy I could you know keep going but but I didn't so so let me ask you this so so through high school so we're talking when did you first when did you first tie up a pair of cleats and play soccer how old were you uh, three years old was like AYSO right but. but seven years old when I was when I really started to 
like, right. do it competitively. So, so lots of little kids. This is where they start, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so the vast majority of kids in this area, right? They, the, their athletic careers started, and a lot of them stopped within, <laughs> within a couple of years, right? Yeah. Playing a little bit of soccer, right? Yeah. And you stuck with this, yeah. um, and had great success in high school. That that is documented, right? You, there, there's no doubt that you had a really sound high school career. Why would this guy lack confidence? Um, I mean, there's so many things, but honestly, like growing up, um, I mean, I love my mom. She she's the best, and I, but she she will admit herself like she's not the most confident person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, uh, some other things have happened where uh, some other people in my family have. Uh, you know, made me feel less confident and, and like, you know, made me feel a bit stupid. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I mean, my, my dad has um, been a big part of that. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, when you already don't have um, th- that confidence, uh, that example of how to be confident, and then people start telling you you're stupid or you're not good enough. I mean, it's really easy to just start to believe that because you don't know any better, especially as a little kid. So so in a way, I think you're sending a really sound cautionary tale out to parents of kids of most any age, but especially younger kids, mm-hmm. um, that you want to consider their confidence level in building that. Yeah. And, and the messages you give your kids have legs. So if you suggest that your kid is capable and comp- competent and confident, you know, that then they might own that. Right. If you suggest mm, you're stupid or you got lucky on that goal yeah. there or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, like um, then then you might be shaking confidence that that you could be growing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And the thing is like you know, a parent obviously it's not easy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it's like yet, but I'm sure it's really hard. But, I mean, you definitely have to be careful of what you say and, you know, project a good image because if, if you don't, then as a kid, you kind of just take that on board because you don't, like I said, you don't know any better. So. so so let me, can I challenge that just slightly? Yeah. So um, we're in the age where when I go to talk to parents, they'll say, yeah, but we're, we're raising this generation of babies who want trophies for participating, yeah. you know what I mean, for just showing up. Yeah. This is part of AYSO, yeah, right? right? Hey, you win because <laughs> you showed up. Yeah. And, and and this drives a lot of parents crazy because they're like, well, this isn't how the world works. We're supporting behavior that, you know, is going to eventually shake our kids' confidence. So the way to really build confidence is to let them achieve something, actually, and then reward them. Um, are you arguing for something in between there? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, def- definitely it's a balance. In anything, I think the best approach to take is a balance because there's, especially now in this day of social media, like we live in an age of extremism. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think definitely you need a balance um, just in everything, but right. especially parenting because you need a, to see both sides to things and, and stuff. What messages did coaches give you? Um, you know what I mean? So I get I get that you got kind of this blended message from parents. Um, your mom's message is particularly interesting because um, I, I know you, you're very fond of your mom, and yet 
her lack of confidence, it sounds like, feeds to some extent your the struggle you've had with confidence, yeah? Yeah, So de- definitely. So in a way, uh, the clarion call for parents is also like, it's not just the word you use, it's you model yeah. confidence, right? And yeah. if you show it, then you're demonstrating like, hey, I own my place in this world, yeah. I want you to own yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, How about coaches? Yeah, what, what are they telling you? Yeah, that's the thing. I actually just thought about this um, yesterday. Uh, was one of my favorite coaches, he actually... I think, you know, he got the best out of me, but I look back and, and I realized like, you know, some of the, some of the things he would say, um, just about other players, like kind of behind their backs, um, was interesting because some of the things he said actually took away from my confidence because I felt like if he's calling this player average, um, then what is he saying about me? Mm. And if say a player had like high ambitions, right, and he wanted to go far, this this particular coach would kind of say, "Well, that's ridiculous. He thinks he's so much better than he is. He's arrogant, like he's cocky." Yeah. Um, but there's nothing wrong with having ambition. I mean, that's how you you progress. And sometimes being unrealistic is good because it it pushes you further, raises your bar, yeah. and you push. Yeah, you push for something you might never achieve otherwise yeah, huh? yeah 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 and i mean i'm sure he would say oh well you should have the just the metal to deal with that and and have you know the belief that you can you know whatever i it doesn't you need to overcome yeah, this message you shouldn't right. be so fickle and right. feeble about this huh yeah. but if you don't have that confidence to begin with then how can you how can you do that right so that's not necessarily his fault but that that is something that happened in my mind. So, coaching to me always feels like a, an enormous opportunity to have an impact on kids, especially kids who get ambivalent messages from their parents, yeah. right? Um, and even if you have a kid, let's say a, a soccer player who's not particularly talented, yeah, um, you can still build confidence, right. can't you? Right. Uh, how, how have you seen that work with coaches? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. To be to be honest, I've had a lot of hard nosed coaches. Yeah, you've had not great coaches all, all, yeah. all along the way. I mean, they've been great, uh-huh. like soccer coaches. Right. They they know what they're doing with in terms of that, but psychologically, I think a lot of them have been just hard nosed. You know, old school. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. What do you think of that method? I like it because I definitely see it helped me in some ways yeah but it definitely affected me in other ways so yeah. like i said it's a balance sometimes 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 with a, i feel like a good coach can recognize how each player responds if a good a, the best coaches can see what works with each individual right so you may have to put your hand or your arm around one person but with the next you may have to you know, go at them a little bit to get a reaction. Push them hard, yeah. huh? So. Yeah. All right, so let's let's get back to your story. Mm-hmm. So you, you you get the letter from a D1 school in New Jersey, yeah. and as far as you're concerned in that moment, you are, you're off to New Jersey. Yeah. So what happens from there? Uh, it was about a month, and then I was in class one day, and I don't know if I've ever even discussed this with you. Let's hear it. But I was in study hall. And I was freaking out in my in my mind, 
And I mean, I had so I had you know headaches all the time. Right. But then I started to freak out, and I was on the computer, and I was looking up. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what I looked up, but I, it was something along the lines of how hard is playing a Division One sport. And all these articles came up, and it was like horror stories of kids being depressed and and the workload is just ridiculous and like just terrible stories. And, and <laughs> I walked away in the hallway, and I was by myself, and I had my New Jersey sweatshirt on too. <laughs> and I was it's a great visual. Yeah, and I was and you're bug eyed, like freaked out. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I think that's when I. I mean, I had obviously I was having like just there was so much going on in my yep. in my head, and that's when I started to to know. I was like, I don't know if this is gonna work out. So how so eventually you decided no, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably that night actually mm-hmm. where I where I said this is not happening. So how hard so is it to make that call? It's really tough because it's all you know. Yeah. And. It's all you've ever worked for. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I literally, I literally would get up. I don't know how many high school kids would get up at five in the morning and run every day before school, or and then do it again after school, like get on a ball after school after running in the morning. You know, not many people put that amount of work in. So to chase a goal and chase a dream that that's all you've ever wanted, and then to have it taken away is is really is really hard. So it feels unthinkable. I mean, I can tell that it affects you as you sit here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds heartbreaking, and and you put in a ton of work. This, yeah. this was your life. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so yeah, so so you make a different call and you choose a different path, at least for the time being, and you go to a different school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and how did that go? So you spent your freshman year at a school here in Chicago, and what was it? Was it a great experience? Was it terrible? How did it go for you? Yeah, no, it was. It was without playing soccer it was probably the best experience I could have had because I learned a ton, um, and I got to reflect, and I got healthy, <laughs> so that's a big plus. How, how did you know you were healthy? So, and you mean healthy? In other words, you weren't feeling those side effects yeah. of your concussions, right? Yeah. Yeah. No more headaches. No more dizziness. Um, you could run without could run. feeling it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew that probably around December-ish. I, I was running, and I, I there, there's a span of three weeks where I like I didn't feel like falling over i wasn't i wasn't dizzy and it was it was kind of like whoa that's that's different so <laughs> i don't think many of us have been in this situation aaron where we when we're just taking it go out for a run we feel like i think i might fall over yeah. you know, i might pass out yeah. or whatever right now yeah um so yeah i think you're you're you've got a unique experience yeah. here or, or or maybe not maybe there's a lot of athletes who've been through this yeah. i don't know yeah um okay so a great experience freshman year yeah and yet you decide you're going to do something different. Yeah. Um, so around January, I I had dinner with my mom and sister, mm-hmm. and I I was telling them I've been in the gym, I've been feeling good, I really want to play. I still was a little bit worried though, because if I had another concussion, then it's 
you're back to square one. And, right. Um, you know, obviously, it, you don't want to go through that whole process. It's pretty bad. Um, and so I still had a little bit of, uh, I don't know, we'll see. Right. So I took the next week to train. And I just started emailing schools because you never know. I mean, you can always just back out of it. Sure. So I just so said, you're emailing what? schools about their soccer programs. Yeah. Right. So not, I just said, why not? Not having yeah. played yeah. in about nine months at this <laughs> yeah. point, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they thought about that, but I mean, it worked out, I guess. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so I started training. I told my mom, I was like, I'm going to train this week like I used to and see how I feel. How did your mom feel about this? Like, you know, so her guy, you know, you're you're still her baby, right? Yeah. You know, has had concussion after concussion. Is is there any reluctance that, that's palpable on your part where you're like, my mom doesn't want me to do this? Uh, yeah, she definitely, <laughs> she was nervous for yeah. sure. Um, and you could tell, but I also know my mom like well enough to see it in her face. She She felt that way, but she wouldn't. I mean, she would maybe say it once, but she would pretty much support me and, um, you know, be there for me and understand this is what you want to do. So it's kind of a cool thing about your mom, right? Um, and not not all parents would would um, allow their child to make this kind of call, right? right? But but I feel like this has been your call all the way through, one way or another. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which is like you said. I mean, you can. Like you can say, um, you know, she didn't project confidence, but she's done absolutely everything else. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's she's incredible, and without her, I mean, I don't know honestly where I would be. So yeah, she she's she's really special. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that is a beautiful thing for a nineteen-year-old guy to say about his mom. That's amazing, man. Okay, so. So you start applying. Yeah. And something happens. Yeah. Um, I applied to COD because I thought, oh, I can go to COD and maybe bounce back to a higher level because if I play. So that's a community college here in the area. Right. And so you thought, well, maybe I'll start there and yeah. work my way up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But then I emailed a few uh, smaller D3 schools just because I realized, I mean, I haven't played for a year. Right. And so, um, I, I mean, not like I said, you got to be, you got to dream big and sometimes be unrealistic. But I also realized, like, hey, this is, uh, this is probably your best option. Uh-huh. And uh, I stumbled across a few schools for, through a recruiting database, just emailed them. Um, I heard back from Elmhurst and a school called Nebraska Wesleyan University, which is in Lincoln. Um, and I made, or, and also Upper Iowa. Was uh -huh. a D two school in, in Iowa, uh, and <laughs> go figure. Yeah, they weren't real clever with their naming. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so then I visited each place, got a good grasp of, you know, the coaches, the team, right, the the campus, the academics as well, and and uh, I ultimately made the decision to go to Nebraska Wesleyan and uh, play soccer. Yeah, to play soccer. So how do you, how do you feel? First of all, how was it like? What was it like to make that call? I mean, that day. Yeah, but to go to Nebraska, Western? to go and just decide like this is the place, and I am playing soccer here, and I'm back. I'm yeah. back on the field, and this is what I want to do. 
Uh, it was really special because you don't, <laughs> when you get a second chance at something that you love, especially, and you thought was just gone, to get it back is is beyond words. Yeah, uh, it's it's just nothing short of of unbelievable. Do you, you've got to take credit for this, right? I mean, you've got this isn't a gift that somebody handed you. You worked hard, I assume, mm. to get to the point where, after you know, nearly a year of not playing, you're suddenly back on a soccer field. Do you own that? Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, I do because, like I said, so many people would have just quit. Yep. But it was, it was not something I felt like I could do. I, I. There all along, there was some part of me that felt like, all right, there's still a chance. They just hang in there like a little bit longer, and it'll come. And what do you know? For, fortunately, it did. So. So there's a couple of messages it seems like you want to deliver to the people out there who are listening to you and I. Yeah. Um, what do you want them to hear? What do you want them to hear about dreams? So here you've got this dream that I think you thought, like, mm, I'm going to have to shapeshift and dream about something yeah. else, right? Because yeah. especially before that freshman year, yeah. you decided, okay, cleats are hung. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be a broadcaster or something. I'm going to do yeah. something completely different, yeah? Yeah. So about... So how- so do you, do you, would you argue, hey, if there's something you really want, you best go for it and go for it hard. Yeah. Yeah? Don't... Don't feel like you have anything to lose. Don't feel like because somebody tells you, and I know it sounds cliche, but just because somebody has an opinion or they're telling you that you that you cannot do something, just don't listen to it. Just have an inner guide and believe that if you love something, go for it because life is short and... You know, you don't want to be stuck doing something you don't like. So so have the belief that you deserve to go after what you enjoy doing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Where do you, where do you think an inner guide like that comes from? Because I, I work with plenty of people in or around your age who would argue, man, I, I envy this Aaron guy because I don't know if I have that inner right. guide that tells me, you know, I'm great or I have this capacity to do something amazing. Yeah. I mean, that that's how I was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never, until this year, until I was able to leave home and kind of get away from some of the things that I had to deal with at home, um, I never had that belief. Yeah. But as soon as I s- started to reflect and I got some of that negative energy away from me, I reflected and realized that, you know, you have value mm-hmm. and you should believe that just because you walk into a room um, and people are, are maybe judging you or, or looking at you a certain way, it doesn't matter. Like, just just do you. And um, I think part of it comes from trying to separate yourself um, from those situations. But at the end of the day, now I feel like I can, because I separated myself originally from some negative situations, I've been able to go back to them and not feel 
bad or or scared or anything like that. I feel that confidence. So yeah, it's different now. So so was it important for you? I love I love the messages. You have value, right? So uh-huh. you, so you you're worthy and deserving of a good life and and of right. having your dreams come true effectively, yeah. right? And in order for you to do that, you're saying, hey, you're describing me when you say, when you talk about these people who would envy my, my situation. Yeah. But I think you're saying, I had to get out of context. I had to prove something yeah. to myself that I could handle it out there. And um, and then I could hear my own voice a little bit. Right. Is that kind of what, what happened for you when you were out there freshman year, away from home, out of context? Yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, it all comes back to you as an individual. And... It's not a selfish thing. It's just you have to know what you want. So you got to get rid of the noise. Forget what other people are saying about you. Forget what somebody who may be envious is telling you, oh, no, you're not good enough. Like you are, you're a bad kid. You're, you're stupid. No, just once you get away from that and you realize, hey, I'm, I'm good. This is, this is fine. Um, you can hear yourself and you can guide yourself from within instead of relying on what other people want from you or are telling you. So it's or believe about yeah. you or right. or their fears are telling you about you. Yeah. Right. right. So so I work with so many kids there and I feel like we're in this crisis of self esteem uh-huh. in a lot of ways. And so a lot of people have to carry this like self loathing. Yeah. You know, so not not only just a lack of confidence, but like kind of the polar opposite. Yeah. I can't stand myself. Right. And and I think you've got something here where you're suggesting like yeah, some of that comes from the messages you're taking in from the, that these right. people are taking in from the outside world. And yeah. if they can just silence the noise, I think yeah. that's your phrase, right? Silence the noise, listen to yourself yeah. you and think about the value you bring. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if this is the best. Uh, I don't know. In my head, I have this picture and it's just like. Like, I used to play football, and it's just, like, me stiff-arming people. All these people are trying to come at you, but you just, you know, you have the strength and the metal to just, you know, black it all out. You're doing the Heisman stiff arm to all the negative messages on your Walter Payton. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I like that, man. I like that. So so if you if you hear a negative message about yourself that doesn't resonate, how do you tell the difference, though, between yeah. a negative message and constructive criticism. Yeah, and that's that's another thing is it's not you you kind of got to pick and choose because a lot of times there's messages that are of value. Right. So, you know, you want to take that on, but if your confidence is strong enough, it shouldn't matter because it doesn't mean you're not good enough. It just means that you know everybody has to improve in something. So, yeah. If it, actually, if you are confident, you can just take that message on board because you know that it's only going to improve you. So I it's, love that. It's better. All right. So, how old were you when you would argue your confidence might have been at its lowest point? At my lowest, I would say somewhere in high school. Okay. So, so let's say uh, there's a sophomore in high school, 16 year old guy listening to us right now, feels lousy about himself, feels like he really doesn't carry much in the way of value. What do you have to say to that kid? What, what, what do you have to say to bolster him and to make him feel like he brings something to the table? 
Uh, first and foremost, just hang in there because if you're not here, you can't, you can't, uh, move forward. You can't gain that self belief. So just as hard as it may be, just keep hanging in there and not, no, no situations desperate enough not to hang in very least that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's the number one, but number two is just sometimes it's hard to see the light at the end of the road when you're, when you're going through a tough situation. But if you can realize that this situation that I'm in is not permanent. And once you get out of it, you're going to learn something from that, that negative situation. You can reflect on that and then take these lessons and apply it through the rest of your life. So if, for example, somebody has a really hard home life, once you get out of home, you, you I mean, it's still tough. You got to carry some baggage, but you're going to move forward with a lot of lessons learned and, um, you know, everything will get better. So such a great point. Life is not static. Right. So if you feel like mm, this is the situation I'm in is really difficult. Well, it can get better from here. Yeah. It's probably in all likelihood it will. Right. Yeah. And if you can start to muster some faith in yourself, yeah. it gets better yeah. pretty quickly, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you are um, kind of a living testament to growing and building confidence mm. as you go. What do you see coming for you? What, what does Aaron's future look like? Uh, Soccer-wise, I, I feel like I've already felt the impact of just being confident. I mean, you you realize pretty quickly once you have good confidence that, and obviously you got to work hard and, and improve in your game, but just a mentality to be like, okay, I don't care who you are, where you come from, I'm going to compete with you, and I'm going to go toe-to-toe with you, and I believe that. Um, it makes a huge difference. And Soccer for me is the most tangible thing, so I don't know. I maybe I'm just gonna give it all I have, and I'll let the chips fall where they may be. Originally, I wanted to go play pro. I don't know if that will happen now, but I sure believe that I will give myself every opportunity to do that. So you're not you're not gonna sit here and say that's never gonna happen, right? You think that's possible? Yeah, it's possible. You're leaving that door open in your mind. Yeah, it's important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and. Why not? Right. Why not? Right. So um, there, there are some people in my generation who says, oh, we're telling kids to keep these, that they can make their dreams come true. That's ridiculous. You've got to be practical and pragmatic about life. And, you know, you go, go, get, go get that job that's going to pay you well. Mm. I think you would say no. No. <laughs> no, no. Definitely not. I mean, you got to just, like I said, life is short. Yeah. Go for it. Because... Don't be don't be stupid. Don't don't go throw everything away. But if you are genuinely passionate about something, forget. And it sounds I I am sitting here and I I feel like I'm sounding so cliche, but it's true. Like the message is is genuine. Life is short. Before you know it, we're gone. So why would you want to do something that you don't enjoy? Right. So just go go what you do what you want. And um and, and as a final note, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on this. I I get frustrated with some of the people I work with 
uh, kids and adults alike who I feel like don't try, kind yeah. of half-ass it, you yeah. know? And, 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 and life is short is usually part of the message I want to relay to them is like, yeah. you know, hey, you know, you're not going to, you don't get that many opportunities, so leave it all on the field, so to speak. Yeah. Like work, you know, like um, don't expect that somebody's going to knock on your door and present the opportunity. Go get it. Right. Yeah? Yeah, because that I think that's a, a thing I've noticed too, and not just among, amongst adults because obviously I'm more so, well, at least I noticed for sure in high school was that a lot of kids, for them it would just be, you know, I can, I can kind of – ease my way through right but what's the point in that because <laughs> do you just want to kind of be average and and not progress what you should want to progress write a better story yeah. every day right <laughs> yeah. i'm with you a hundred percent man yeah. aaron um is there anything about uh, the message that you want to convey today that we've either missed or mm. that you want to re-emphasize yeah the the thing is if uh if anyone's listening to this, um, the biggest thing I want people to take away is my story is is just mine. It, it soccer like that's not ultimately like that's not as important. Um, you know, for me that's the most tangible thing I see it in, just having confidence. But to have confidence affects every single aspect of your life because. I know I used to not be able to walk into a room without, you know, getting sweaty, blushing, and just, like, being so nervous. Yeah. But now I can just walk into a room, you know what, I'm good. Like, I am fine. I'll be completely fine. Um, and it just, your relationships become better. You you see things differently. I mean, you feel, <laughs> you kind of just feel on top of the world. And that's that's a feeling that, I feel is rare. So it's, and if you could see Aaron right now, you can see he feels that way. That's yeah. kind of awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of owning your greatness. I always figure like we all carry some degree of greatness yeah. in some area, right? You know, and and I think that's what you're arguing. And when you own that, when you really take possession of that, then it, without arrogance, yeah, without, right, 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 no cockiness, no cockiness, because cockiness is false. It's it's false confidence. Yeah. It's not real. But yeah. to really feel like. I bring something important to the table here. You can also start to see, you see it in other people then too, right? You see like, oh, you've got something important too, and you've got something important. I need you on my team, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah. And like I said, I don't want it to to come off as cockiness because there's a huge, huge difference. Yeah. Um, You know, but it's, it's just believing that you're good enough because so many people don't feel that way. Amen to that, man. That is, um, that's the plague that we're trying to beat here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. No matter who you are listening, you are good enough. Yeah. Own that. Right. And and whatever gift it is that you've got or set of gifts, carry it forward. Yeah? Yes. Yes. Definitely. Aaron, man, I cannot thank you enough for being here. <laughs> um, Aaron wrote me yesterday and I was like, come in today. <laughs> well, thank you for having me and, and getting me in so quick. We'll, we'll do this again. It's great to talk to you. Good to talk to you as well. All right. Um, listen twice to Aaron's <laughs> message here. Um, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, LiveLeadPlay.com, and WGN+. 
Um, if you have any thoughts about uh, what we might want to cover on the podcast or you might want to be a guest on the podcast, give me a quick email at johngduffy at drjohnduffy.com. Uh, as always, I so appreciate you protecting some time for myself and my guests. On behalf today of myself and Aaron, thank you so much, and I will talk to you next time. Have a great day.